I was given a really strong vision of, of that sense of a collective suffering and that it could be something that um, in my lifetime that, that we would face and that there was no avoiding it. It was a necessary initiation and, um, but that we will come out on the other side of it. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Welcome, 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 family of the Roots of Impact Podcast. My name is Alan and I'll be your host today. I'm speaking to you from Costa Rica, where the rain pours and the earth shakes. Pachamama to its finest. The Roots of Impact podcast is a podcast where we interview leaders, teachers, and healers from around the world to give you and ourselves tools to be able to create change in the communities that we're living in. We really believe that in these times, we really need these tools to be able to shift towards more resilient communities so we can make this transition smoother and come out on the other side stronger. Today, we go all the way to Bloomington, Indiana, and we interview Grace McNeil of Monarch, Monarch Apothecaries. Grace is a warrior of life. She had to... She had, she had to overcome challenges since being in her mom's womb, and nowadays she is healing the world with her herbs. She shares, she shares a story with us, and she gives us courage and sends us healing to be able to walk through the turbulence that we are starting to feel as a humanity. Join me in this powerful interview with Grace. Without any further ado, Welcome, Grace, to the podcast. How's it going? Hi, I'm doing great, Alan. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Just uh, for 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 our listeners, can you can you tell us where where you're at right now? You told me sure. a little bit before, um, but I'm currently in Bloomington, Indiana, just uh, South Central Indiana, Midwest Rolling Hills, um, kind of the foothills of Appalachia. Nice, nice. <laughs> um. I don't know that that area that much, but uh, yeah, maybe someday. Uh, it's I'll be not. Around. Yeah, there's. Uh, you know, <laughs> most people call it the flyover state, but I have found it to be very rich in uh, plant medicine. Um, yeah. So biodiverse in the hills here, it's really beautiful. Is it's it a cool beauty? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Is it a uh, because I I, I re remember hearing like. Uh, kind of like uh, i don't know if back in the day or like some years ago that like uh the midwest was you know one of the most fertile grounds in, in the world because of you know the 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 moving of the of the buffaloes that would like fertilize the the soil and stuff like that <laughs> is that is that is that in your area or yeah it is very true um they call these the bottom lands it's just all the nutrients come down to this land here um okay. there's lots of rivers and uh so there is a lot of lush uh perfect for growing uh, farms, lots of farms, lots of, lots of corn and <laughs> fortunately, but I feel like a lot of the farmers here are even, uh, transitioning to organic crops and it's, 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 and hemp is becoming a bigger thing here. So it is a, it's a, uh, ideal growing, uh, climate. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Yeah, I, I also uh, follow another podcast called uh, uh, Investing in Regenerative, Regenerative Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, they're finding like like I think like I, from what I heard like that normally the big farmers like go like kind of like mainstream because that's where they can get like their capital and uh, you know and their loans and stuff like that. But now there's a they're starting to create like sm- small systems to be able to fund, um, yeah, uh, p- uh, farmers that are doing uh, regenerative agriculture, so maybe more di- biodiverse or or you know practices that regenerate the soil and don't depend so much on, on external inputs. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to hear that, uh, that, you know, that, that, that might be a trend too, you know, absolutely, of, uh, it is. Yeah. They're doing the, the, the agricultural, uh, communities here are making a huge push to, uh, transition to organic and, uh, to replenish soil. And, and so actually it really is even here in the Midwest, which is kind of insular, um, it's happening. Um, I didn't grow up here. I moved here, uh, 14 years ago and okay. I grew up in the Appalachian mountains in North Carolina. Uh, okay. and so it was a big change, but I feel like I, I have really been led by where I was needed and where the plants were calling me in this area was, was needing, uh, people to share plant medicine. And, and, I, and this is where I am. And, uh, been doing it here since then so. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah so just yeah following up on that like how, how was how was your journey of like being called to 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 yeah to work with a, with the plant medicine and to and to find your place where you were were needed mm-hmm. how was that journey yeah well it's it, it could be a very long story so I'll try <laughs> that's to, great I'll try to keep it uh, yeah we want all, all the details <laughs> sure um so uh I originally became interested in plant medicine um, as a uh, way of healing and working with plants that when I was um, became pregnant with my oldest son, um, I was living in Vermont at the time working on a, a berry farm and I had been uh, uh, deciding well, after my childhood in North Carolina, I was, I'll go, just go into it. I was born um, with uh, what is called amniotic band syndrome. Um, the, uh, the, my mom's uterus uh, sustained a trauma. We're not really exactly sure uh, what happened, oh. but it caused um, the lining of the amniotic sac to shred while I was within the womb. Wow. And pieces of the um, the amniotic sac were floating in the amniotic fluid with me, and um, they wrapped around my arm here and okay. my hand, and they amputated my fingers on my right hand. Um, I also have a, a band on my uh, left leg and on my on my right foot. So when I was young. Um, I had uh, spent a lot of time in the hospital for having reconstructive surgeries to these, these fingers had also not only been amputated, but fused together. So um, this, the reason this, I, there were, there was a lot of uh, medical trauma, I would say um, uh, sustained during my formative years. I'd been under anesthesia over eight times by the age of nine. And I feel like with that and some other, like I really did, understand the reality of living between worlds. 
um, at a young age. And it was just a way of being for me. Um, But when I became pregnant with my oldest son, I, you know, it was in the 1995 and I, uh, it was Herbalism and plant medicine wasn't so big like it is now. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Much more obscure, more eclectic group of people who followed these pathways and such. But um, there was an herbalist in uh, Utah, um, Janine Parvati Baker, who's also a midwife, who I actually had written a book called Hygieia, and it was a women's herbal. And I, you know, had in my heart, I knew I wanted to have my son at home with and work with plants to uh, to heal uh, postpartum and everything. And so I, I wrote a letter to, uh, Janine who's now passed away. Um, she had a school of herbalism and midwifery. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but work, but really uh, beautiful. And, um, she, uh, wrote me back. I mean, this was before email existed. So this was all like, she wrote me like a three page letter back and just was so supportive and shared so much information. And that, and it was that in that moment that I knew like the plant people were really special people. There was something different that, that, that they, that she would take the time to write a three page letter to a young woman she had never met. And, um, and so I, uh, you know, I did learn so much during my pregnancy and did have my son at home and used plant. And I, I was able to witness the effectiveness of plants through, uh, my labor working with like black cohosh, seeing how it would bring the contra- contractions on really strong. And then, um, yeah, so, uh, so that's, uh, it was through, um, my own medical trauma and through, uh, the birth of my three children that I really feel like, and raising my three children using mostly plant medicine as the way to, uh, the first go-to for any types of issues that would come up that I feel like I had a very experiential, um, experience, experiential growth in plant medicine, but it goes even more than that. I, but that's, that's a place I would say where it started. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy how, yeah, the life, the life journeys, uh, t- take you to, yeah, where, where you, where you need to be. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that uh, that you were explaining from your from your mom's uh, u- uterus. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting to 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 understand how how that works. Uh, so you never, so it, it, are you still around with your mom, or is this, has she passed, or no, she's she, still alive. Um, she lives in Florida now, but she had been um, living in Guatemala for sixteen years, and. Um, that brings a whole nother level of to where my plant studies had gone and uh, healing work uh, as what I, you know, interests and things like that. But um, I, uh, yeah, I did. I am um, when I, my son was young, I did go to a school of herbal medicine that was in the Appalachian mountains in 1999 called the North Carolina school of natural healing. I did a two year apprenticeship there, a 400 hour program. And that was where I really was able to, uh, dive into plant medicine and really learn all about the actions and the body systems and the energetics of plant medicine and plant medicine communication and flower essences. And we learned so much during that time. And it really changed my whole life and perspective, you know, from seeing these, I, you know, the mountains are so beautiful, full of green, but then I was seeing each plant and its individual uh, gifts and power yeah. offered. So it was really uh, life changing. And that, um, was when I was, uh, I, when I was 22, I did that school. Okay. 
And uh, how did you? Yeah, how did you? Because of course you 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 were already like in that world with 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 your with your births and your home births and stuff like that. Mm. How did when did you decide to be like okay this is you know this is what I'm gonna focus on like this is a little bit gonna be like my life mission. Um, how did you decide okay I'm gonna jump into this school? You know it, se it seemed like a big commitment too. Sure. Um, so after I had my oldest son, um, he's 24 now. Um, we uh, I was living in New Mexico in um, just north of Santa Fe on a small farm um, called Ojito Farm, and um, I was a single mom at that time uh, with my son. I'd been traveling and just live, living on different eco villages and trying the whole life that I felt like I really wanted to be a part of. And I found myself on this farm and um, I was, uh, there's a plant in, in the mountains of New Mexico called, uh, it's Artemisia tridentata. It's desert sage. And um, okay. I was uh, wrapping bundles and I got a, a job during that time uh, for a, um, a, a Native American run business, wrapping bundles for them. And, um, and, the, and I felt like the plants sustained me during a very difficult time in my life. Um, just that I was committed to being with my son, not having to put him into a daycare program or anything like that. And as a single mom, it, it's, it was difficult to, um, find, um, find, uh, a livelihood. And I was definitely, I was young. I had my son when I was 19. So I was figuring it all out. From <laughs> and I was living in a little shack on a permaculture farm in New, in Northern New Mexico. And so, um, but the plants sustained me, they showed me that they were there for me. They were there to assist me. And, um, and so I moved back to, I decided after a period of time, uh, missing the water, Uh, in my homelands in North Carolina, I moved back to Asheville and uh, found out about the uh, educational programs that had begun there. Now there are so many schools of herbal medicine in North yeah. Carolina, but at that time there was only the one that I had attended uh, with Haimani Ellis was our uh, instructor at that time. And um, yeah, I, um, I just felt a deep calling to share plant medicine and the, how effective it was. And so even at that time, I was, you know, really young and, and trying to find my way in a world of uh, how to share plant medicine with the world and all its amazingness. <laughs> and, um, and, but even in, even then in the late nineties, uh, herbalism, I, I, I didn't know if I could find my place in Asheville because there were just so many uh, people who were teaching and, wanting the, the few jobs that were there at that time. So um, we were living at an eco village in North Carolina called Earth Haven. And, um, and so I was building gardens there with my husband and we were, uh, but then both of us just realized that um, we may have more opportunities if we kind of stepped away from the, the Mecca, so to speak, like the Mecca had what it needed. And I feel like, I got a calling to told me that I had to leave the mountain, that I had to take this medicine to places that didn't, weren't being served, didn't, weren't, didn't have these types of medicine options and things. And so um, we ended up moving to a farm in Southern New Hampshire um, called Orchard Hill Farm. 
it was a small community farm that had been started in the sixties and they had um, a bakery and a, a school that was like a Waldorf inspired school. And uh, my husband had gotten a job working at the bakery and, and they do all sourdough, beautiful breads and lacto ferments. And we had, we did so many, it was, a, it was like a little uh, oasis and my kids could go to the school and I worked at the school and there was a farm-based school. We just, it was a great experience. And I got to teach classes in herbal medicine and, offer my, my medicines. And, uh, it was a great start. And, uh, so lived there for five years doing that. And that was the early two thousands. And, but, um, the winters were a little rough for me growing up in the South. (laughs) I wanted to get back to the South, um, places, lands. And, uh, so we kind of went on a light, uh, a couple year journey, looking for land that we could um, afford. I mean, we were really living, uh, you know, we were working, working on the farm where we were and saving money for a down payment on a farm. And so uh, we had our criterion that we were looking for an area where we could make a living as uh, farmers and as herbal, as an herbalist. And, um, and so, but we also had to be able to afford uh what we wanted, which was a large plot of land. And so, um, mm. we, we went all over the place. Um, we almost were going to move to Arkansas. We had a friend who had a 200 acre farm there, but we, we traveled through Bloomington and, uh, there was a huge farmer. There was a huge farmer's market here that was just so well attended, like five to 10,000 people would come on a weekend. And so wow. we saw that there was the potential for us to, make an income doing the work that we truly wanted to do. And we found a beautiful 24 acre farm that was South facing and had all of the checkpoints for all the permaculture <laughs> things that we had wanted to do. And, great. and we just moved here. We didn't know ah. anybody. It was ah. really, a, and in the middle of the Midwest, <laughs> which was like, where, what are we doing? But <laughs> the three kids, it was crazy, but we did it. Ah. Wow. And it, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. What an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, while you were t- saying all that, first I was like, that's great that you were first like open to be able to follow uh, these, uh, like uh, Stephen Harrod Buner says, in a way, like these, like uh, golden threads from, mm. you know, from one place to the next to the next. And that you found communities that supported you, right? That uh, through, 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 in a way, like you, you, you're, you're kind of like figuring out wh- what to do and then where to do it, and kind of like finding your vocation. But it's having like uh, a system that supported you, of course. Like you supporting the system back too, right? By like helping at the place, and uh, which I think is, yeah, it's a, it's a great that that these things exist. Do you think like these farms and uh, places where people can go like help a hand and be supported still exists. Absolutely. I feel, you know, um, I, I haven't been as much in that circle in the last 10 years, but, um, I feel, you know, I know that the, uh, there's a website of intentional communities, international uh, fellowship of intentional communities, I believe it's called, um, which is, and then there's the, um, the wolf farming and there's, there are, I feel like, you know, my dedication to, like, I, I wasn't letting, um, 
my financial situation at the time dictate the life that I chose. I, I wasn't yeah. going to allow that to happen. I was, you wow. know, I, I was so powerful. I would take any, I would struggle living in shacks and tops of barns, <laughs> whatever it took to really stay focused on the vision to work with plant medicine. And, um, and so that was uh, what, you know, just got me to where I am now. And I feel like I, you know, that will continue. And I really feel like that is a lot of the medicine of the magician and manifestation that's being spoken of so much now, but these were things that were very, <laughs> I kind of figured them all out on my own. Yeah. Now I feel so grateful to see that like there's people are, have been navigating these pathways and are creating programs and ways to connect with those abilities that we have. And I think we're really accelerating now in our abilities to, to see that we do truly create the reality that we wish to see in the world and, um, and they're doing it. So um, it's, it's really amazing. All of it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so, it's so inspiring to, to hear. Yeah. Like the, because of course there's a, in a way theory, but it's kind of like uh yeah, we we know we like we can read that you know that we're like the al alchemists of our lives, and that we can, we create our own reality. But sometimes people, you know, you know, I I recently just left my job because I'm like I want to live that I want to live that uh, knowing. Mm -hmm. And before I was feeling that I was just kind of like working just for money, and then the money, yeah, you know, it made made us live like a more comfortable life, and you know, be able to live in different places, and 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 also have time to learn about all these things, but not actually living them fully. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna test this out. Of course, like I have, you know, some security that you know we're living with like his parents, so we already have like a base. And uh, but yeah, I'm trying to see like how can I contribute to the community where I'm at and then create the value from there. Uh, and that's, yeah, I think like that's also trusting that that is going to work out in a, in a way, you know, and also, yeah, also being creative. Um, like you, yeah. know, you, you were in different uh, situations and uh, yeah, also like not having like a closed mindset of like, this is the specific condition where I want to be. Sometimes you have to, yeah, and endure, yeah, living living in the barn or, or stuff like that, which might be uncomfortable. But you are learning from the lifestyle that that that, that you actually want to live. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. that's what that's that's what we want to show to to people that there is these possibilities. And of course, like you're saying, now the internet, and that's why we have this podcast too. It is a it's a big vehicle to be able to accelerate all these teachings. Yeah, and for people to to have more resources to to take these risks in a way, you know. Before, yes. I guess when you were when you were going from farm to farm, I guess it was all word of mouth, right? Or yeah, it was um, going to the library <laughs> sometimes and looking at books that uh, had. There was a book of intentional communities, but also like uh, there was a there. I think it's still published. The Small Farmers Journal is how we had found out about the farm in um, New Hampshire, and okay. so there are. Uh, networks that are um, out there, but I, yeah, I do feel like it really does take a leap of faith and just that commitment to your vision and, and knowing that even when things are really hard, you know, just keep focusing, you know, and you might yeah. tweak things a little bit, yeah. not be right, just right. But uh, yeah, 
it it'll happen. So yeah, yeah. I saw in one of your in, in your posts that uh, you, you were talking about courage and uh, also how like uh, kind of like our our we can tap into our ancestry to 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 kind of like receive that courage to 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 move forward. You know to. Mm-hmm to keep on with the vision and keep on going. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my ancestors are my Basque and Scottish and Irish. And, no way. Yeah. So we are, um, mine most- too. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, my, 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 my mom's, yeah, exactly. My mom's side is, a uh, super real, which is, they come from the Basque French area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my dad's side, well, my last name is Campbell. Yours is McNeil. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is also Scottish. Uh, yeah. And then I also have some English there. Of course, probably there's a mix of, of, of a bunch of different things too. But but yeah, those are the ones that I identify with the most. Yeah. Yeah, my Scottish grandmother, uh, Mary Rose, Scotch-Irish, she, uh, okay. she was really... Uh, passionate about um her lineage and shared with i had i feel like she was truly like my grandmother mary rose was my inspiration she's the one who had a garden when i was young she shared with me books about plant medicine she gave me a book called herbs or magic when i was like 13 years no old way. I mean, she, when my grandpa was dying of cancer she had acupuncturists coming to our home she grew up in new york city so she was real progressive for the for yeah the time, but um my grandpa was from Eastern Kentucky and he was, he grew up poor coal mining family and ended up, you know, had really crazy journey, but he and my grandmother came together and decided to move to, um, the New York. So, ah, okay. uh, but they, um, but yeah, she would tell me stories of my ancestors that she, you know, carried and remembered and have was shared to her through, you know, and that, that is, there's a lot of courage there and, and the, in the trials that, we all face and, and the sure. terms that we've all, that our ancestors have been through. And, and here I feel like we're in a new initiation and it's our turn to stand the test of maybe a little bit of a global, um, yeah. <laughs> Tur- so. turbulence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so your, your grandma came from Scotland or, or, or she was, um, or she was born in, in the U S and then was born her, in her the US. um, my great grandfather neil mcneil was um his family so the mcneils uh immigrated to nova scotia and um and he was born and raised in nova scotia and he um moved to new york well he moved to boston and then new york city um where he became uh, he was a editor of the new york times and an author and um and wrote the story um the highland heart of nova scotia sharing the 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 immigration of the our family the McNeil family from the Isle of Barra on the Hebrides Isles to wow. um, Nova Scotia and so that um, and it, yeah that is a, that is the Highland Heart of uh, Nova Scotia is a book that he wrote yeah, that, is, that, you, that people can that people can uh, get you can yeah you can find oh it. that's great I'm gonna look it up. It's out of print, I think now, but um, I, there's still copies around. Around. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's all, that's 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 great. Uh, yeah, it's good to 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 be able to connect. 
I don't. I, uh, I I was talking to Aleli in the in the last podcast, and uh, I was she is also working a lot with ancestry, and I and I'm I I know that there's a lot of power there, and I'm slowly starting to connect there through my mom's dad and then my dad's dad, um, because I've been working on like for, like for for a, lo a long time I was like. A lot like focusing on like female energy, female energy, female energy, because the masculine energy is kind of like the powering energy and is a bad one, or, or in, in a way, like that, that was like what I was categorizing. But now I re like through a teaching that a, one of my friends gave me was like, who's a, who's a woman, because I was listening to a lot of women wisdom. He, she was like, yeah, the women wisdom is really important for this time because we're like becoming, you know, like a more like collective. Uh, being you know like a collective consciousness and people are more awakening awakening to that but it's important that the masculine energy is also in balance and you know and, and healthy so we don't have to like disregard that either right so then i was like oh yeah so i feel like i need to focus on that too because i kind of like kind of like shut it off right kind of like yeah, okay, this, yeah this is the bad side and yeah like, uh, it's not that it doesn't work that way exactly so <laughs> now i'm like uh you know, tapping into these uh, ancestors that have been like kind of like male figures, and uh, that 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 I can like uh, get uh, wisdom and uh, medicine from. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's it's great to 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 tap into into ancestry, and yeah, it's crazy that we have a well. I I don't know if the stories are similar, but the, the, I guess that the original places are, are similar. Yes. Yeah. And probably the stories are similar too, you know, having to migrate and kind of like leave their lands. And uh, but but I don't, I don't know that from my mom's side I know a little bit more, but from my dad's side I don't know that much how 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 it came to be that they arrived to because they arrived to to South America. Right. Yeah. My my mom's side is the Basque side, and my yeah. great grandfather originally left um, Spain and went to Chile. And, okay. uh, but then, and a lot of his family stayed there, but then, um, he got the call to go to San Francisco and wow. so came to the United States. And then, um, uh, my great grandmother, um, came to be with him, um, in San Francisco. And so that's, uh, my grandmother, Rosemary was born in San Francisco and she, um, was full Basque race, you know, Spanish speaking household and, um, my mom's fluent in Spanish, but I, I wish she had taught us when we were kids. She, didn't. she didn't think it was important. I don't know why, but it was, yeah. um, but, um, it just, it, it does feel like their stories are very important and it gives us information about, you know, we're facing so many, I feel like the collective stories are being, it's like the tilling of the soil. It's all coming up and the reasoning, the reasons why we're here and how we came here and, you know, also just the stories of the people who's the indigenous people of North America and um, the blacks and just, it's this huge, like, I feel like everyone's story is coming up right now. And we're in this like big um, here in the United States, I feel is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy and fire around these topics, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And, um, but I do feel like it is about, um, healing and it's about if we can get past the polarity and like the like you were talking about the masculine and the feminine I feel like the energetics of some of these political arguments I feel are kind of polarized in those same types of ways and we realize that 
the more we can try to see the common ground with our stories and um, our collective traumas, but also, you know, that how we heal and how we uh, respond and how we um, I acknowledge uh, the, what the difficulties that um, maybe our presence here in North America as Europeans has brought for others, but also we are here now. It's just a, there's a lot going on with this topic right now. And I, I, I'm, I don't know that I'm uh, geared <laughs> to address it all, but I do feel like for my own story, um, you know, like my, my grandfather left the Basque country because of dictatorship of Franco. And a lot of um, there was Basque were being put in concentration camps and um, it was a difficult time. And so yeah. It was a fleeing and, you know, yeah. some people stayed, stayed their ground, but others did try to find uh, freedom. And, uh, you know, I just feel like that is a collective story that we are all wishing for ourselves for that, um, the freedom of our spirits to, to be able to express and be who we are. And, um, and so breaking off those chains of oppression and whatever those might look like for any, yeah. for any, individual seems to be a shared story yeah so anyway <laughs> yeah no, i know and yeah and, uh, and 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 as you were saying like you know we we, sh we share probably everybody you know in their lines because has like yeah trauma even if you were you know the 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 you know if, if you know let's say like in, in my family like maybe if eventually like i i can trace to back to i don't know where where my people were like coming here and, and to the americas and maybe massacring indigenous tribes or you know doing like causing all this havoc maybe that first of all like you were saying maybe it was like based on trauma that they were having like from another place that they were getting run off mm -hmm. of course it doesn't it doesn't really it's not like an excuse but i'm saying like people that are doing bad in the world is because they have an inner trauma themselves. So it's trying to see like, trying to be compassionate to that, to that darkness. And like, we're now here and we're receiving tools to be able to start the healing from where we are at. And it obviously it starts with healing our own traumas to be, mm -hmm. then be able to share those stories that can be healing stories for, for, for somebody else um, as well. And then, yeah, being, compassionate of all the of all the traumas that other people uh had to endure to 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 be where to be where they're at or sometimes and not in the right in the right conditions yeah but yeah i think it's like open opening our opening our hearts and opening our minds and and removing ourselves a little bit from from the from the duality speech you know because that really creates a really creates a a separation and through the separation, then we cannot really do the healing. So mm -hmm. there's a, this uh, f philosopher called Charles Einstein. Have you, have, have you heard of him or no? I don't think so. Okay. I heard him through, through there's a, there's a herbalism podcast called the medicine stories podcast. Maybe you heard of, of yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I he, haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to. Yeah. He, well, he's, I started hearing him there. Okay. And, um, and now he 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 put together like a little like a program of like kind of like what's going on you know kind of like tying all his ideas and also the, the the coronavirus and everything and yeah he's saying mainly that that because of the separation that we've created in in the way that we live and you know like we're like kind of like 
removing ourselves from like community and kind of like living kind of like more in isolation. Of course, this is not for everybody, but like more like the modern, let's say, system or whatever, mm -hmm. or the or the yeah capitalistic system or something creates like that everybody can have for their own you know everybody doesn't really need anybody else to to survive so we're like really individual and separated mm -hmm. and because of that we're longing for community and the having like a duality in the political sides makes you have to choose one side to be able to fulfill that need for community and longing and because you don't want to betray your community then you're like always like like shutting off the other side because mm. because just because yeah just because you want to be able to maintain your part in your own community you know you don't want to betray your own community and so so you would negate anything that the other community is saying kind of thing right but at the at the end of the day like i, I was seeing i was seeing with my with my family you know that like there's there's division in the political spectrum <laughs> like uh Like we, we cannot make that make our family get in a fight because we all have like really the same values and the same vision of how we want to live. Maybe there's some ideas that like, okay, like you're like more on the right side or the left side, but at the end, when you're living in community, this is, doesn't really matter how it's more like, you know, how to make sure our children are safe. How do we make sure that in our, in our community, how do we make sure that, you know, we're, we're resilient, we're planting food, we're planting medicine, you know, we don't depend on this macro system. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that dissolves all the, you know, political, uh, yeah, differences that, 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 that might be in the people, you know, that, that everybody's different in a way, you know, everybody has their own story and their own personality and the way that they see the world, but we, nobody, there's no like two big polar, you know, separate opposites of people, you know, we're all like, like a mix of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really love, I mean, this is symbolism of the yin and the yang. Uh, it's, For sure. It's just, I feel like it, it goes into the, the micro within ourselves, you know, that we hold the, the poles of the masculine and the feminine energies of this realm and this um, world. And, um, and that there will be times where we will tip into a more yin, strong time and a more yang strong time but that the idea is that we will reach back to that that witness state that where we can see it all as the spinning stories and that we are all part of it but we are also a witness of it witnessing it and um and, and learning to to know who idea who we truly are i feel and so um that has been a big just part of where Uh, the plants I feel like have been so inspiring in that, um, you know, I, I really have been um, humbled by the plants, you know, are not choosing this side or that side. They will heal anyone who comes to them. <laughs> they are compassionate being there to me, the, the epitome of compassion and, um, and, and an ally for, for us on the human path to, Uh, just in that they are offering um, themselves in such a beautiful way for us, for our healing. And and I feel that, you know, as a human, as humanity right now, so many of us are tapping into that understanding in a very profound way. And so it's, it's, um, we have a long way to go, but we're getting there. <laughs> so, 
see going back around, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Asia just to put a, put a post saying that, uh, Asia Suler, if somebody wants to look her up, but uh, she put a post saying that, like, in the in the Taoist philosophy, there was they were, they were saying of a time where we, there was going to be a separation, so then we can com come back with more more understanding. So mm -hmm. maybe that's th this time. Yeah, I'm sure it. Um, yeah. Grace, how 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 has uh, the yeah this uh, coronavirus? Uh, COVID situation like uh, affect you, and what what do you what do you see from it? Do you I don't know what 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 are what are your thoughts on it? You know, there's a sure. lot of different perspectives going on, and uh, it's nice oh. to also share stories on that to 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 also be able to understand because yeah. Um. Well, I mean, on a personal level, I feel like there's a little bit of a a shock. I think we're all a little bit in shock that we're all feeling. Um, this, um, yeah, this is a global shift and it feels, uh, that, um, I, I mean, personally, I, I feel like there's, you know, there are people who are really struggling right now that this is really cracking the, the foundation of their understanding of the world apart, but also there are those who maybe have already had the foundation of their world cracked apart. And so they're <laughs> like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, we're going to all experience it together now, not just us on our individual yeah. um, stories. And I, I read something today that just really struck me about how we're going through in a global initiation. And these are the beginnings of, a you know, just the fires that are going on in California right now. And just like that, there, um, there are times that we as a human, you know, collective are may have to face um true difficulties um in buddhism you know like the suffering of just the suffering of being a human and you know sometimes i feel like i'm like doing everything i can to avoid that those types of uh lessons you know i don't i don't like the hard lessons but i do feel <laughs> like right now we are having to face um a difficult lesson. Um, and I don't know what all will unfold from it, but it does feel like they're from my own perspective, my, what I see and what I feel right now personally is that there is a, a power shift happening at the elite level, um, in the world right now. And people there's grabs for it's like a, with technology and it shifts as it, you know, money and all the different pow you know, powers that be that I don't really have much to do with what we do because we're all part of this. Um, yeah. You know, I do just see that there's like this almost like a story that, um, and perhaps even a strategic uh, plan for a way that um, some of the, some, whether it's through, you know, what we might call God or the universe or the earth mother and maybe inspiring this happening for, I mean, on the, on the deepest course level, I feel like it is, will be for our collective healing and for the good. But I do feel like we could go through some very um, struggling times as a collective. Um, I, I don't know. Some, I had, I think a lot of people and I have one on my plant spirit journey, you know, like one of the plants that I had, learned about and wanted to understand more about after hearing about it was ayahuasca 
And, um, and in my experience, when I took ayahuasca, I was given a really strong vision of, of that sense of a collective suffering and that it could be something that um, in my lifetime that, that we would face and that there was no avoiding it. It was a necessary initiation and um, but that we will come out on the other side of it. And even more, I saw like this beautiful tribe of people in a circle and taking turns to go up and dance or share a story or something like that. And I do, so I do feel like it's bringing us closer together, but it is, I feel like we may be going through, may see some years of some, some real difficulty right now. That's my feeling. Wow. It, uh, that uh, vision that you had like uh, made me, yeah, almost like set to tears because I feel like, yeah, that, 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 that might be reality. And uh, instead of like, like you were saying, you know, sometimes it's easier to try to avoid it, but maybe we should just like with, with, with the courage that we were talking about before, just, you know, go, go into it head on and, uh, and endure the storm and, uh, and, uh, come out on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, I've been, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been doing a lot of yoga lately and I've been, I've been feeling kind of like this, like archetype of like the warrior, you know, just kind of like that probably the war, the people that, you know, the warriors, especially back when they were actually fighting and, you know, yeah. and like their death, their, their, their lives were on the, on the line all the time. They were probably, you know, fear, like feeling fear a lot, but they were using that fear to, 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 ch to charge on as well. And, uh, and to, and to be courageous. And, uh, so that's a little bit the feeling that, that when you were telling that, 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 that came through, that started resonating with me because yeah, we just have to, feel the fear and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and go for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did a little, I I've been running and I, you know, just been the other day I was doing just kind of a mentally, like I, I was in, I was imagining I was running away from something and the energy <laughs> that was in my body with that feeling of running away. And yeah. then I add, then I changed the story and I'd never had done this before. I imagined I was running into something very uh. battle. And the energy that I had when I was running into something was so much more like uh, very powerful. And I just thought of like the times in the past when warriors have had to go straight into a battle and what that must have felt like. And I mean, I can only imagine, but in my body, in that somatic experience <laughs> of imagining it, I could sense that, wow, the power in running into something and the power yeah. of trying to run away from something um, are very different. And, um, and the running in is, um, I mean, I wish that we wouldn't have to do any of this. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it is, it's, it's a definite, like, it's strong. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot of courage. Yeah. So. Yeah. So wishing everybody that is listening to this, a lot of courage to, <laughs> to, to charge on and, uh, yeah. With an open heart and, uh, and yeah. And, uh, we're, you know, trying to build community in, in this way virtually as well to, to be able to hold hands through, through this charging, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Grace. Um, I had one last question that, that I wanted, that I was kind of like lingering in the back of my mind, which is like, yeah, like you said that you had some teachings from, from your mom living in Guatemala. Do you want to share some of that? Sure. That's the, Okay, cool. That's the last question I want to do. Well, we have one final question uh, for, for for 
like a tool for the audience, but well, let's do this and then we'll, we'll finish with that one. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, my, in 2006, uh, when I moved to Indiana, my mom moved to Guatemala and, um, she started a nonprofit organization there offering, um, creating a healthcare. Um, she ended up building a hospital for the Maya people. Uh, there was, mm. um, in, in Guatemala there, you know, is still a lot of, um, racism towards the Maya people, the indigenous people of the area. And, um, and so they don't have access to a lot of real basic healthcare needs. My mom's a, a nurse and, um, it's always been her dream to do something like that. And it was really beautiful and inspiring to me. I had run away from the medical model a hundred percent, but, um, I, um, ended up after going down there to visit her, to see, um, a, a community where uh, there was no access to any type of medical. Um, they only had access to traditional, but a lot of that had been lost because of the civil war there to the traditional medicines of the Maya people. It became like a kind of a fascination of mine and something I became obsessed with learning more about the traditional healing practices of the Maya people, because I felt like, you know, for them to have, not that I feel like I can, I'm not trying to put on any white savior type of thing here, but just that I had the resources and the um, ability to, to dive deeply into, to finding people who had studied those things and who had been carrying those traditions. And, um, and so I, um, I did end up, um, working in a couple different with the, I'd spent uh, some time at a, a organization in Guatemala called Maya traditions. And they really are working to, um, to keep those uh, ancestral um, not only they have a huge herbal garden there that you can go and volunteer at. Um, they had me come and teach a soap making workshop there. And also I did a, help them to edit a, um, book that they're actually creating on Maya herbalism, which was really exciting um, project to be a part of, but they also have a uh, weavers collective. And, um, and um, so it's, it's about plant medicine, weaving, um, just all the traditional um, uh, practices of the Maya people and keeping those alive and, and accessible um, and making to help people make a living off of those tradition to uh, giving them a bigger outreach to the globe rather than in the insular small communities where they're at. Okay. So uh, that was a really wonderful experience. I learned so much about, you know, how the Maya see the plants and um, we're able to uh, just learn some new practices and um, that I never had learned in Western herbalism. Um, just a very, just magical in so many ways that that could be a whole other discussion and they <laughs> better uh, equipped to speak on them than I am. But um, I did also end up um, studying with uh, Rosita Arvigo uh, who lived in Belize for, she, she lives in Belize um, most of the time. I don't, she comes with, uh, but she uh, had studied with uh, Don Eligio Ponte, who was a Maya Jimen and uh, studied, an apprentice with him and she's been sharing the art of, um, you know, they call it 
Maya abdominal therapy or, um, but it's the um, manipulation and movement of the organs in um, for better circulatory flow, um, energetic flow, digestive. And it, and it's a, it's an actual physical movement. Uh, the biggest part of it is the movement of the womb for women. And so I became a practitioner of um, womb alignment um, and I've been doing that for five years and I do um, see clients uh, not so much right now during what's happening with coronavirus, but um, through the past five years, I've been uh, it, helping uh, women through plant medicine and, and womb alignment. And um, it's been amazing to see like that these ancient technologies are so effective and that what we could uh you know, there's just so many medical practices that could be completely avoided if people had access to the understanding of how effective um, these techniques are. So that had, uh, that's kind of where my uh, studies have gone with that. And just learning now that a lot of those practices were a part of a global um, understanding of that. I feel like we've, you know, truly have lost, you know, learning. I've been, you know, just, it's been, reading about uh, the aboriginals and their ability to like set bones without any, and there are just so many things that we (laughs) have lost. And and so it has been one of my passions to try to uh, at least try to glean a little bit of that back into uh, some of those practices. And a lot of other people are also trying to do that too, which is like going to really help during this time too. When we see maybe some of our systems, collapse that um aren't sustainable <laughs> but for sure yeah i was i was gonna i, I had a, a question written r- written down to ask you about because i saw on your instagram that they had the woman wo- wo- alignment so I, i'm glad you i asked you about the guatemala so we can see yeah the- i'm frozen i don't know if i if i'm still here We fro- you're freezing for a moment. I don't know if we're losing connection. There you are. Okay. <laughs> um, frozen for a moment there. Okay. Do you, do you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in to, 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 to learn about, yeah, how we can tap into knowing our, our body a little bit better and uh, through, through that uh, healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for share, sharing that part. Yeah, we, I would like, like to ask you, you know, like if you see differences of how like the indigenous people relate to plants compared to other courses that you've done or, but you know, we, we can go forever. Uh, yeah. I just, I just want to also, yeah, be mindful, mindful of your time. And, uh, and I want to finish with one question, um, that we ask all of our interviewees, uh, all of our guests, I guess <laughs> is that a better term. Uh, yeah, and, and these, you know, kind of like crazy, crazy times and kind of like a little bit talking about like the courage that you've had to 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 follow, you know, the, the path that you were you, you kind of like understood there was that, it, that you had to you to, to take enduring like, you know, some tough, tough moments. What would be a, a, a like a practical tool that you could uh, leave to to our listeners? Um 
that they can that they can uh, you know what is you know so, something that has been like really powerful for you in these times or throughout your life or mm-hmm. what, 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 what 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 would be this uh, pearl of, of wisdom of practical wisdom that you could you you could give them? Sure. Um, well, the first thing that came to my mind and heart when you mentioned that, I'll just share that because I feel like a for sure talk up. So um, when I was uh, Living in New Hampshire, someone had said something about, um, you know, creating the picture of what you wanted to see or manifest in the world. And um, and so for me, I had really desired to create a healing apothecary with gardens. And that was what I truly like wished to at that time in my life that in that that was 15 years ago. So I took out my paints and with my kids and we just, I created this picture of that for myself and put it up on my um, wall where I could look at it every day. And I know we hear stories of vision boards and things like that, but this, and, and it, it, but I feel like that is a really powerful way just to create the picture of what it is you want to see and put it somewhere where you can see it, it whatever medium makes sense for you. But, um, But as a practical thing, I think it is really I really clarifying the vision and then putting it into a form that you can look at and see that vision coming into fruition. And I do feel like we are getting better. And that took that vision took me a long time to actually create into the into the real world. But every piece came together as it was meant to. And then it was amazing to when it had finally culminated into the real thing in the real world. And my, I looked back at that picture and I was able to see that I, you know, staying, staying true to our visions, even through some things will try to really push us down in the dirt. Our face. I mean, I've had times where I just felt like my face was in the dirt and someone had their, you know, but there's this funny meme of like this boot on your head and it's like, Oh, it was actually myself, you know, in my own, like, uh, you know, holding myself back. But, it, but you know, sometimes those things that hold us back are, are ourselves, but they manifest into uh, real people who look like they're really trying to stop us from creating our visions. Um, I just feel like it, it really is about um, getting clear and, and it might change, but just keeping that clear vision and making it into a way that's palpable and tangible um in, and where you can see it you can listen to it and um and keep that vision and don't let anybody tell you you can't <laughs> create it because i i just i feel if, if i had less and if i had listened i would certainly not have been able to create what is happening i mean for my own in my own story in my own life um what is happening now so and so it's really that would be my offering i don't know that's I amazing yeah that's great I, i i was envisioning you with your with your <laughs> with your drawing and like looking at your place now shit it actually happened <laughs> yeah i know it's so crazy <laughs> i was just like when i put it together i was like oh my gosh i did yeah. it you know it took yeah wow what a what a what a what a great what a great tool yeah i would i, I would uh encourage people to because sometimes people don't do this because they don't have time or life is too busy or whatever but probably the most important thing to do is to envision how you want to live your life right and yeah. uh, and let the universe like help you yes you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so everybody that listens to this, yeah, take the time to 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 do this. I'm excited to to to, to do mine. I've been telling my wife like, hey, we need to because we we did one when we got married, uh huh. But for like a shorter period of time, and I feel like it manifested pretty well. And mm-hmm. now we're like ready to. We have a family, so we're ready to more like settle. And we've been saying like, hey, like we need to do this. We need to do this, and uh, we never coordinating the right time, but. Now that you're telling it to me, I think like it's, yes. the, it's the right message, <laughs> right message to hear. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Grace, thank you very much for being in the podcast. Um, where can people reach out to you? How, how can they find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram at Monarch Apothecary. I'd say I, um, that's where I, um, usually do a lot of communication. My business runs through there now. Um, I do have a website, uh, monarchapothecary.com. Um, that I also can receive messages through there. Um, I don't update that as much as I do on Instagram now. It just feels like a more fluid um, medium for me. And um, I have a, a partner now in Hong Kong and and we do a lot of our uh, work through Instagram is how we started our business together. So it's amazing <laughs> how we can connect um, to the world on, on these different mediums. So, but that would be the best way to probably see who I am and, what I'm doing. Awesome. Thanks again, Grace, for, for sharing, uh, yeah, your story. There's so much, uh, wisdom and so much healing for, for, for myself, for sure. And I'm sure that, uh, the people that listen to this will, will, uh, will re- resonate with a lot of parts and, and, and help them healing in, in their journey and also get this courage to let's, you know, build our dreams, you know, like, uh, peel off the layers and uh, let's uh, go more into the raw and and build the yeah whatever whatever we we feel like from from our hearts um mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah thank you for the opportunity to share and just for creating this podcast it's beautiful <laughs> yeah I, I i love it because it, it it gives me the tool to be able to talk to to the people that, that inspire me right so it's like wow what a what a just just because of that is a great uh, great great opportunity i'm really grateful that that it uh, came into 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 reality mm-hmm. and yeah really grateful that uh, i was able to to interview you yeah glad to be here it's wonderful awesome Thank you awesome grace uh, have, have a good one then take care you too alan thank you so much for listening to the show i hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as i did i hope the wisdom presented here found its way into the deepest places of your being, awakening truths in yourself that inspire you to take action in your life and your community. We are so happy and grateful to be able to talk to these leaders, teachers, and healers. We are a community-supported podcast, so if this podcast is creating positive impact in your life, we encourage you to support it financially via Patreon with a small contribution amount of $3 a month. Or if that is not possible... You can also help by spreading the word to your inner circle. Thank you, and we appreciate you. Until the next time, big hugs from your host, Alan.